is Friday, March 8th, 2019. Happy International Women's Day to all those ladies out there. And it is snowing here in D.C. It's not supposed to accumulate to anything, but we do have some pretty snowflakes flying around outside. They're just making the road wet. They're not even landing on the grass. Anyway, moving on to other things. Um, Last weekend, we had our Mardi Gras party. I believe I discussed that in the last week's podcast. We had about, I I think we had 18 people there altogether. And one of those people was our, uh, I don't know if I can say favorite listener, but one, one, of, one of our favorite listeners, Kevin, was there. And um, he looked all hot in his beard. He's got a full beard right now. And it looks pretty good on him. And he was um, pretty social this time, chit-chatting with some different guests we had and um, having a good time. I think he had a good time. I think everyone had a good time. My husband made... Um, I was speaking of that last week when I was trying to talk about what my husband was making. I couldn't think of the word, uh, the name of it. And um, some, who was it on Twitter? I think it was, um, maybe it was um, Chuck or Alex who was like shouting out jambalaya. However, my husband did not make jambalaya. He made shrimp creole. So first he made gumbo. He made chicken gumbo, shrimp creole, and meatballs. And then we had a bunch of other stuff like cold cuts and... Um, things like that. And then a friend of mine made a cake um, uh, just for the to have for the party, but we ended up using it for a birthday cake for our good friend, Mr. Dale. He turned 50 on Friday, so we celebrated his birthday as part of the party. And it was fun. And the cake was delicious, and the whole cake was gone. Everyone got a piece, and the cake was gone. So there was no leftovers of that. However... My husband's mother had shipped up to us, uh, not overnight, but I don't know how fast it took to get here, but a she shipped us a king cake, um, an original king cake from New Orleans. So uh, we had that too, but we ended up not eating it during the party. So um, we had a little bit to eat of it on the next day, Sunday. And um, in the piece that I got, I did not find a little baby, so... No little baby in the kink, well, that I found. But uh, my husband did take it to work, the leftovers to work the next day. And uh, they did find the little baby in, I think, the second or third piece that someone had. Because when, when we have leftovers in our house, we end up taking it. Uh, he takes it to work and they um, eat it for us. So we don't have to worry about having that stuff sitting around. Anyway, back to the party. We had um, six different red wines and six different white wines, and I believe that they are—they were all from Virginia. There may have been one. Well, later in the evening, we did open a red that was not from Virginia, but um, we ended up drinking. I think. Well, for eighteen people, you—you're supposed to um, like figure out one bottle per person, even though. They may not be drinking because I know some people were drinking beer and some people were drinking sodas. So not everybody was drinking wine. But we had so we had 12 bottles of wine for 18 people and we didn't even drink through them all. Most of the reds were gone, but the uh, white, well, actually a good portion of the whites were gone, but there were still some left. And you can kind of tell who, you know, which kind of wine was like the best. I mean, which bottle of wine was like the best because it would be gone first. And so we did figure that out. Kind of went along with what we um, thought anyway. So, so the um, Mardi Gras party was finished around 
11.30 or 12. Maybe the last people left by 12, I think. And then um, we cleaned up, pretty much cleaned up, and then went to bed. We were exhausted. Then the next day, I did uh, finish cleaning up all the dishes, washing all the dishes, and reloading the dishwasher again. I think we were in the dishwasher four times, four or five times. But um, then kind of relaxed the rest of the day. We didn't do a whole lot. Um, Then Sunday night, I watched, well, we watched the first episode of the HBO documentary on Michael Jackson. Um, There was a two-part, it was a two-part document, document, the documentary, um, two hours Sunday night and two hours Monday night. Well, we watched it Sunday night. We were just absolutely shocked at the kind of things that they were discussing. Basically, there were um, two guys who now they're in their um, grown-up age. I think that one of them is 41, the other one's in his uh, mid-30s, I think. Um, they were both quote-unquote friends of Michael Jackson's in the 90s, maybe even late 80s and early 90s, and they are now claiming that they were molested by Michael Jackson, and they talked about all the different sexual things that they did that Michael Jackson liked to do and stuff. And what I thought was interesting, they they talk, maybe, maybe they um, realized this in their um, adult age, but they were describing how they were manipulated and groomed by Jackson to be um, there's his sexual whatever um, to have sex with him and and they end up loving him so much that they wouldn't tell anybody that they had sex with him or that he was molesting them um, the history of that was that back in the 90s that I'm sure some of you remember I think it was like 1993 he was accused of um, uh, child molestation but the Court case, I think it was in '95. Maybe it was earlier than that. I don't. I can't remember the exact dates and stuff. But anyway, he went on trial for sexual molestation of children, and he was acquitted on all ten counts of um, sexual assault against children and stuff. But the thing is, he because those kids who were who were molested by him, you know, wanted to keep the secret so much that they would not um, testify against him. And that happened, I think that happened in two different cases. Um, for some reason, I think of two different court cases. But he was acquitted of both of them. I think that's what it was. In any case, these guys have now in their adulthood, and I think it actually came out two years ago, two or three years ago, um, the one guy who was a choreographer and um, a music guy, a choreographer, I can't think of his name. I can't think of any, either of their names. Anyway, a couple of years ago, he um, had a lawsuit against the Jacksons um, for $100 million. No, 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 not that much. I don't know how much it was for. But he had a lawsuit against the Jacksons um, claiming molestation. And they all, the court, well, first of all, the court threw out the case because it had been so long. Like, I guess the statute of limitations or whatever had expired. But um, the Jacksons came out then and said, well, Twice you. Up, oh, phone call. Hang it up. I'm hanging it up. I've been getting so many. Um, you know. Are you looking for health insurance? Are you looking for car insurance? And I, ha- I hate those calls. So I don't even answer them if I don't recognize the phone number. Anyway, back to my discussion. 
the Jackson family brought up that this guy had um, testified twice that he had not been molested by Michael Jackson. So now he's in his adulthood, he's claiming that he was. Um, so, but anyway, I, was, I think I was saying the court case threw it out because it had been so long because of statute of limitations. So now it's not really, they're not suing anybody right now. They're just telling their story. This other guy, I can't think of what his name was either or what um, what his job is now, but he became friends with um, Michael Jackson, I guess when he was a little bit older. Um, I think, yeah, I think he was around 10 and the first kid was around 7. And the first kid had come from Australia. He met Michael Jackson in Australia, come from Australia and his parents... Uh, they all, the whole family moved to the United States so he could, you know, work with Michael Jackson and become famous and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, well, I'm, I guess what I'm saying overall here is between Sunday night and Monday night, the the descriptions of what Michael Jackson did to them and how detailed it was and how they described him grooming these kids to become, you know, enthralled with him and that they would have sex with him. It was just amazing. I, I was I was absolutely shocked. I mean, on this show, I, on this podcast, I can talk about um, sexual things like this. This one kid said that Michael Jackson liked him to get at the end of the bed and get up on all fours to show his butthole. And then Michael Jackson, would, of course, would lick his butthole and stuff like that. And it was just, I mean, it was so graphic and so um, disturbing that I just, I mean, it really, I was just like, I, I can't believe that I'm seeing this and hearing this. And that this actually happened. So um, if you haven't seen that documentary on HBO about Michael Jackson, you've just got to see it. You've just got to see it. Now, on top of that, there is the um, R. Kelly documentary that's on that was on Lifetime that caused all of this um, to be stirred up again about R. Kelly and what he was what he was doing and probably is doing with young women, underage women. Um, and stuff like that. But it started with the document documentary. Why do I have a hard time saying that word? Documentary on Lifetime about R. Kelly. And then he got um, accused of this, and now he's he was uh, arrested and all that, and doesn't have any money and owes child support and all this kind of stuff. But so I think it was Monday this week. Was it Monday or Tuesday? that Gail King over on CBS had an interview with R. Kelly and he was started out calm, started out answering the questions, but then he went like crazy, got up out of his seat and was screaming and yelling and waving his arms about. But that Gail King, this is how professional she is. She just sat there still didn't get upset. She said, Robert, Robert trying to get his attention to sit down and she was so professional and so composed because at one point it looked like his hand was within inches of her face. And I thought he is going to slap her, but um, obviously he did not, but it was just, it was shocking to see this go on. But Gail King, I'm telling you, as much as I think that she's in the background half her life behind Oprah, she did an amazing job with this interview. I actually saw the whole thing. I wasn't watching it live, but I saw the whole thing later and it was just, I mean, she was just amazing. Did anybody see that interview? And what did you think of that? And do you think R. Kelly is guilty? I think he's guilty as shit. Um, anyway, so there's those two two things this week with the HBO and um, CBS with these uh, 
interviews and in, in, uh, document documentary. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> documentary. I'm putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. It's the wrong syllable. Anyway, so those were very interesting. I'm wondering if other people saw them and what what you thought of them. Now moving on. So um, Monday I went out to lunch with a friend. And then Tuesday, I decided to go bird watching because, you know, this is, I don't, I don't think I've talked about that yet this year. Each year, I start out um, the year fresh with a bird count of how many birds that I see and photograph each year. Last year, 2018, I ended the year with exactly 50 birds, 50 different birds that I had seen and photographed. In years past, I think I've gotten as high as like 76. But it all depends on how how much, you know, how hard I work on it or how often I go bird watching. Well, I I went bird watching. I think um, I know exactly when it was. It was on February fourteenth because I was looking at those bird things today, um, and and saw three birds that day. But this time I went to um, a nature center, Huntley Meadows Nature Center. It's in Alexandria, Virginia, and it was quite chilly. It was like twenty eight degrees, so I was all bundled up, and there were like. I don't know, six or eight other photographers there. And this place is like a, a swamp land that they have like a boardwalk that you can walk through the whole swampy area. And they have lots of waterfowl. And um, I mean, there's tons of different birds there. Well, I was there for about an hour. I walked the entire time. And I think I shot um, seven. I got seven different birds that morning. And I was actually shocked I got seven different birds because it was so chilly. I thought for sure um, that I was going to get too cold and want to leave. But I, I did stay there for an hour. And I, on my personal website, not the Archie website, but on my personal website, I put uh, I updated my bird um, page with all the different birds I got. And I'm up to 12 birds now. And actually, that's I don't think that's too bad considering that the, the whole last year I only did 50. And this is March 8th, so I'm doing pretty well. But the different birds that I saw on on t- last Tuesday, not last Tuesday, as in a couple days ago, <laughs> Tuesday, um, were a wood duck, which is a really cute, colorful duck. Wood duck, um, a northern shoveler, which is another kind of duck. I saw the red-bellied woodpecker. I saw a red-winged blackbird. I saw a cardinal. An eastern bluebird. A red-shouldered hawk. And a downy woodpecker. So those those are the ones I saw um, on Tuesday. I was really shocked to see the red-shouldered hawk. But actually, as it turns out, I was walking down the path to get to the um, the uh, boardwalk, to walk into the swamp, swamp, the swampy area. And there was another photographer, and he was on the on the edge of the path, and he was looking up in the up in the trees. And I was like, "What do you see?" And he said, "Oh, there's a red-shouldered hawk up there." And it was a beautiful sunny day, so um, you could see him beautifully, the, the uh, red lines and stuff and the speckled wings and stuff, you could see clearly. So um, I had my big lens, so I just took a whole bunch of shots of him, and um, it, it, it looks small in the picture, but he was actually a really pretty big bird. Um, so I was really pleased with that, because don't, I don't see uh, the hawks very often in the trees. Uh, the other surprise, I think, was the wood duck, um, because... When you, if you look at the picture, he's sitting up on top of like a, a birdhouse that the uh, national park people, I think it's a national park, maybe it's a county park, 
I don't know. But anyway, they had put up these birdhouses to um, encourage um, birds to stay around. Anyway, he was just sitting up on top of this birdhouse. And like for the longest time, he just stood there. And there were like five or six photographers. And they were all, you know, with their big, massive, long lenses and stuff. Just standing there, just like taking hundreds and hundreds of pictures of this duck who didn't even move. I took about 15 pictures. And then I kept walking i'm like i don't need that many pictures of the same duck <laughs> so anyway so i'm back to enjoying my um bird watching and i'm up to 12 duck uh, 12 ducks <laughs> 12 birds so um i need to get keep on keep doing that and keep keep up with it because i um this year i've only only gone twice all right so moving on this last actually the last thing so um after watching the documentaries 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 <laughs> I'm so stupid documentaries about Michael Jackson and um, the interview with R. Kelly um, I, I've been watching all of these crime things oh, I think I've already talked about that lots of crime shows on Netflix and others and on Netflix I now I'm watching um, forensic files while I walk on the treadmill down in the gym because they now have Wi-Fi in the Gym, so I can just use their Wi-Fi to watch Netflix things while I'm sitting, walking on the treadmill. Anyway, so um, I finished watching. I forget what it was that I finished watching, but then I was looking for the next thing to watch. And I, um, you know, how the uh, Netflix gives you recommendations. You know, since you watch this, you might like this. Well, they had the Ted Bundy tapes as a um, suggestion, and I looked at it, and it was only four episodes long. It was there an hour each. And um, I forget which day it was. It was Friday. I watched the first episode, and it, it kind of caught my attention. Uh, you know, I, I became interested in it. So um, today, I watched the last three episodes. And I think it was the second episode that I really got hooked on it because it, it went into the details of um, Ted Bundy's murders and how he went about it and how he, um, you know, killed the women or how he uh, attracted them or whatever because the guy was a pretty good looking man so of course a good looking man asking a woman you know to, to go somewhere and do something you know they would probably do it but um there were other things like he would um kidnap women and just take them whether they wanted to or not um and then i didn't realize that he actually escaped prison two different times and he was out of prison one time for 46 days before they caught him again. And they ended up catching him in Florida right after he killed the, um, it was like four, I think it was four girls, maybe it was two girls, and he attacked two girls at the University of Florida, I think. Anyway, that's when they caught him. And then, of course, he went to jail and all this stuff and ended up being um, executed by the electric chair. I think it was 1990? It was 89. I don't remember exactly, but um, it, was a, it was a really good documentary because this one guy who was um, interviewing him, for I guess for a book that they were writing, recorded all their conversations, and it was like hours and hours and hours of conversations, and they highlighted certain things in the documentary. Documentary. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> documentary. <laughs> Still wrong. <laughs> documentary. Anyway. It was a very interesting um, show. I'm going to start calling it a show now. About It was called The Ted Bundy Tapes. So if you're on Netflix, check out The Ted Bundy Tapes and let me know what you think. 
All right, I am, I've come to my time. My time is now up. But um, let me. I'll just thank Kevin publicly for coming to our Mardi Gras party on Saturday night. It was fun to see him, and I, I know he had a good time. Anyway, so um, that is all I have for today. So until next time, bye.